to another podcast episode of Car Sales 101. So y'all might have thought I um, went underground or that y'all need to send a search and rescue squad after me. You don't have to. I'm back. I'm here. Don't worry about me. I'll be good. <clears throat> but anyways, with that being said, hey guys, um, if you want to hook up with me, hook up with me on Facebook, uh, Tony Story, S-T-O-R-I-E, Instagram at TNC Dad 2728 LinkedIn, Tony in parentheses, Anthony, last name, story. And uh, I don't know if there's anything else. What does that do? What I usually tell you. If you want to hook up with me, hook up with me. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, so, um, and then also if you get some good quality information out of this or you like the content of it, please give me a five-star review and share it with anybody. Text message, DM, private message. Just get it in the hands of somebody. I don't care. Just somebody. Okay? So, um, I knew people were about to send a search and rescue squad after me or um, they thought maybe I went underground. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm, I've been missing for a little bit. And also, I haven't been running like I wanted to because I've been sick. Um, but with that being said, like I told you, I don't like to deliver information or deliver a podcast unless I'm delivering some content out there for you. Okay? Some valuable, valuable content. And that's what I look to, that's what I look to do. Um, sometimes I did re- record a podcast because I wanted to stay faithful to y'all, but I don't think I was delivering good content at that time. So with that being said, um, kind of wanted to just talk about some stuff. Um, and the, the main thing I want to talk about is, you know, there's a stigma to car salespeople and I see it everywhere I go. Okay. Um, and that's what I'm gonna talk about. Let's, let, let's get the stigma out of the car salesman. So stigma out of sales is what the name of this podcast is going to be. So let's, let's dive into this a little bit. Okay. When you become a car salesman, or if you're on the outside looking in and you're looking at car salesmen, you think, um, that lawyers lie and then salesmen are the second best liars or even car salesmen. So <clears throat> with that being said, um, I would say that in the car business, there is still a, a big stigma about salespeople being liars. For instance, lying about the vehicle being there, lying about you know their trade-in, lying about the vehicle not not having a bad Carfax, lying about you know interest rates, lying about rebates, lying about all sorts of stuff. Okay, now let me get something very clear. Okay, I am not in any fashion or form against making gross profit. I think gross profit is key to any dealership sustaining itself. It's pure fundamentals of any dealership to make money, okay? So if you are selling cars, it's not a bad word to make profit. Every business out there makes it. I always relate it to the simple fact, and I think I've told you all this in in, in a closing technique or a closing tool before, is that whenever you're sitting there and you're talking to somebody, you think about this. Hey, Mr. Customer, and you, I always ask them this, which kind of phone do you own? And if they say an Apple phone, I go, okay, let me explain something to you. Do you know one of the top most lucrative companies out there that have cash, just, just liquid cash available to them at any time, what one of the top companies out there in America is? And they're like, I don't know. And they're like, Apple. Apple phone, Apple, the Apple company, Apple, Apple has the most cash available to them at any time or whether one of the top fives. With that being said, do you know that you paid full retail value for that phone and you enjoy that phone very much, okay? Now, with that being said, did you go in there and negotiate your phone? Well, no, you paid the retail amount for it and you paid monthly payments on it, okay? Or you paid in cash. Now, not only that, did you do that? Did you also sit there and, um, what was I gonna say? Um, Make monthly payments. Um, you Apple 
price fixes or puts a, um, uh, I can't remember what the word I'm looking for, but they put a, a price out there that you cannot go and buy anywhere else any cheaper, right? And you have to be an authorized dealer to sell them, much like Best Buy and a couple other companies. So when you sit there and you relate the fact that you bought an iPhone for retail value and um, you come in and you buy my car, you should also buy it at retail value. So the thing is, the stigma around car salesmen is, is that the simple fact is that, that we're sleazeballs, we're liars. And so the other day I had a customer come in and the customer was sitting there and we're negotiating, negotiating, negotiating. Now looking at my deal screen, I'm legitimately losing $2,700 on the front and withhold back and all that stuff. I'm still losing a net, um, I think it was uh, 500 bucks, right? Now, the customer sits there and says to me, hey, and he saw, and we do have ads in, ads in our um, stuff. So we have a theft guard, window tent, wheel locks, and a customer care package. It's in all of our deals, okay? But with that being said though, um, that's nothing bad. 95% of your dealerships, and I'm throwing a random number out here, this is not a, a real statistic, but 95% of your dealerships out there have some sort of dealer ads on their vehicle. Um, if you have a document fee, you have a dealer ad, just to let y'all know. Um, but anyways, with that being said, um, every um, vehicle has a dealer ad. And so the customer was asking me, hey, look, um, you know, is there a markup in the window tint and wheel lock? And I said, yeah, there's markup in the window tint and wheel lock. There was also a markup in the MSRP, but guess what? You, know, you didn't let me make the profit there, so I have to make up some sort of profit somewhere, and I'm still losing $2,700. So with that being said, I can't, go any, I can't go any lower. If you'd like to buy the vehicle, that's fine. If not, then we'll just part. We'll part as friends, we'll, we're not, we'll part as, it's a business. It's a business decision, it's not, it's not something personal, so don't take it that way. But with that being said, I can't do business with you if that's the kind of discount you're wanting me to do. So, anyways, long story short, it's kinda how I want everybody to understand that you know, there's a bad stigma around car sales and car salesmen. Uh, I don't know what tangent I went off on, but I wanted to kind of relate it back to something when I was talking about the iPhones and stuff like that. But you know, you have you have customer, you have workers that work for iPhone or Apple. And I keep on saying iPhone. Uh, customers that work for Apple that when you walk in, they get paid you know either minimum wage or a little bit more, or they make some sort of um, um, living out of it. But you know, you don't go in there and negotiate anything with them. You go in there and you pay full retail value. And it's much, much like for anything, you pay full retail value for it. Uh, I had a customer the other day uh, that came into the dealership and, you know, we're sitting there and it was actually that same customer. I go, you know, people come in and sit there and say, I can't afford this, I can't afford this, I can't afford this, right? And you know that you're looking at a Platinum or a Limited or a Lariat or an XLT, whatever the trim line of whatever product you sell. And they come in and look at it, right? So one thing I related it to on the customer was, I said, you understand when you come into my location or, or my, my establishment, and, and this is what I'm trying to tell you, I'll get the stigma out of car salesman. You know, you sit there and you come into my establishment, much like you would go into an, and you buy a grocery, you go to a grocery store and you buy your groceries, right? So you sit there and you're walking down the grocery aisle and you, you sit there and you take groceries and you put them in your cart, put them in your cart, put them in your cart, put them in your cart. You get done and you go to check out. All of a sudden the cashier tells you, hey, that's gonna be 150 bucks. You're like, you know what, I can't afford that. All I can afford is 120 bucks. What do you think they're gonna do at the grocery store? They're gonna take $30 worth of groceries out because you can only afford $120 worth of groceries. Much like, the, much like the circumstance goes for buying a car, okay? So with that being said, you know, the thing is, is when you come into an establishment or dealership and you sit there and you say, I can't afford it, I can't afford it, always relate it back to that. And I know I'm giving you all some closing tools, but you know, the thing is, is when you're sitting there and you're talking to somebody, 
we sometimes use these sly and these quick techniques and we use this you know jargon and this verbiage or whatever that our managers teach us or whatever it may be but the one thing i will teach you is whenever you're honest with a customer uh, and i know I, I did a previous podcast episode over this talking about transparency but when you're honest with a customer legitimately honest with a customer um you know and, and you're taking the stigma out of car salesman that's what sells cars. I mean, that's what you're doing is you're being honest with the customer. You're not trying to outsmart them. You're just trying to be logical with them. So before I go any further, I'm gonna do a little commercial break. So just give me one minute, listen to whatever commercial this is, whether it be Spotify, whether it be Anchor. Guys, I, I believe in whatever I sit there and I, I put out there. I've got to hit up for a couple more things, but guys, give me one minute and one minute only and listen to this uh, brief sponsor break in my episode, in my podcast. All right, guys, I am back with a vengeance. Okay, now what we're talking about is we're talking about taking the stigma out of car salespeople, okay? Now, the one thing I will tell you is this. You know, I'm a huge fan of the fact of dressing appropriately for work, okay? You know, I don't, I don't believe that you should dress sleazy. So for instance, when you go into a dealership, and this is one of those things, taking the stigma out of car salespeople, sit there and come into the dealership and dress appropriately. You know, don't have stains all over your t-shirt, don't wear an oversized jacket, don't wear oversized pants. I'm not a huge fan of wearing tennis shoes, but if your dealership allows you to wear tennis shoes, you know, just make sure you wear nice, clean tennis shoes. Don't wear ratty, old tennis shoes. I am allowed to wear tennis shoes on Friday. Actually, I'm allowed to wear it anytime, but I like wearing dress shoes. And also on your dress slacks, make sure they look presentable. Always make sure your hair, your, your beard, whatever it is, looks presentable. I know sometimes us men kind of get a, a little outrageous, and I know you women sometimes, um, the weather gets the best of your hair. So I completely understand, okay? I'm not picking on men, I'm not picking on, I'm not picking on men or women, but I'm just telling y'all guys, make sure you look presentable at the dealership, okay? And that way you kind of take a little bit of the stigma out of the car salespeople. Now this doesn't always just go for salespeople too. This also goes for managers and F&I managers. Please take the stigma out of what it is that you do, okay? So when you're calling a customer, if you know that the customer, and then we've all taken these phone scripts and whatever, blah, 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 you know, the data, the data shows, and I think it's somewhere in the 40% range, that every used car customer that buys a used car doesn't always buy the one that they necessarily were looking at. And I think it goes even lower for um, the new car customers. I think it's like in the 20% range that a customer comes in and they're looking at a specific vehicle, only about 20% of them take actual ownership of the exact vehicle that they were looking at. So when a customer, when you get an inbound phone call and the customer lives, you know, 10 miles away and they're asking about a vehicle, as long as it's not rare or specific, for instance, you know, if you're looking at an F-150 on your lot and you're a Ford dealership and you have a pre-owned one, but you also have a new one that you can know you could do a great deal on, the customer asks, hey, is that vehicle available? Unless it's very specific, most times say, I'd have to, let me check, but with that being said, there's something about that vehicle that you like. So you're not being sleazy, you're opening their mind up to what they don't know what they're learning about yet. So make sure you completely understand, I'm not trying to tell you to be sleazy, I'm not telling you to you know, do what most salespeople do. Yes, the vehicle's available, when can you come in, okay? That's what I'm trying to tell you. Open up your mind and don't be the stereotypical car salesman. When a customer gets there and the vehicle is not there, you know, be upfront about it. Say, hey, look, unfortunately, that vehicle just recently sold less than 30 minutes ago. They signed on it 
and they left with it. With that being said though, you know, I talked to you over the phone, you said you're open to more vehicles. And that's when you open them up to it. Now, if the customer is 150, 200 miles away and, they're, and, you're in a, and you're in a local rural area, or even if you're in a metro area, if the vehicle's not there, just tell them it's not there, but open up their mind to what you might have available that you might be able to sell them. So please understand that. If the vehicle's very specific, very, very specific, like there's only one out there and you know it, Make sure you don't ruin their day and tell them, hey, look, I know you're looking at this very unique vehicle. For instance, we have a 2011 Sport Track at our dealership right now, a 2010. I think it's got 147,000 thousand miles on it. <clears throat> um, but it's, it's a rare vehicle. So if the customer calls and asks about it, you know, I'm going to make sure that I let them know that it is still there. Okay. So, um, or if it's not still there. Same thing. I had GTI recently. Uh, and it was one of the lower mile ones in the city. So anyways, um, not to drag on too much. But understand, guys, you know, um, the thing is, is you have to be upfront when you're presenting your numbers. You know, make sure you're upfront about those numbers. Don't be afraid of dealer ads or anything else that's in the pencil. You know, if you're selling at MSRP, own it, own it gratefully. Now, if the customer comes in and says that they saw it off the internet, make sure you let your manager know. At our dealership, if the customer said, hey, I saw this on the internet, you know, we always sit there and do not create conflict and we present that number at uh, in, or at the vehicle at the price it's supposed to be at. Um, so with that being said, um, don't be afraid of that. When, when presenting the trade, yes, we do hold on trades. We don't always give 100% of the actual cash value of the vehicle. Once again, we are a for-profit business. Um, so with that being said, don't be sleazy about it. Don't tell them that it has a Carfax when it doesn't have a bad Carfax. You know, don't tell them that the AC is not working. If the AC is working, you know, and I always, I, like I told you on previous episodes, make sure you sit there and you take that vehicle, that uh, F-150 for a test drive, or that vehicle that they're trading in for a test drive. Sorry, F-150. I keep on going back to you. But anyways, let me take a drink of water real quick. Make sure you take that vehicle for a test drive. So when you're telling the customer something, you're not lying to them and you're not having that sleazy stigma about you in the car business. Okay. Just make sure my time's still good on this podcast episode, okay? Guys, if I'm talking too fast, please let me know. Hit me up. I just want to make sure I get all the information out there as fast as possible. The other thing is, is when a customer sits there and asks, what interest rate are you using? Always say an average in the area. Now, if they want to get specific, and I go out there and I, I literally tell the customer, I'm, I'm, penciling, I'm penciling this deal at 6.99. I have not had the availability to look at your credit yet. So if, if, your, credit, if your credit's better or worse, the payment could go up or down, and we always pass on the best interest rate possible to you. Now, do we have buy rate and sell rate? Yes, we do. We have a buy rate and sell rate in every um, business, in the car business, everywhere, every bank. Um, so with that being said, we pass on the best rate that's available to them, okay? There's nothing sleazy or bad stigma about that. Once again, you are for-profit dealership. Now, the one thing I did learn when I was at AutoNation you know, they do sit there and yes, they, they have buy rate and sell rate, okay? Let's make sure you completely understand that. But also understand the fact that, you know, they, they still hold on their trades and they do still have ads at some of their dealerships. So with that being said, um, you know, they're one of the more transparent dealerships out there, one of the more transparent groups out there, along with, I think Sonic is, more tra is very transparent in group one. So, you know, the one thing is you gotta understand is, even though you're transparent, there's still profit that needs to be made at the dealership. So don't think that those dealerships are not in it to make money. They are definitely in it to make money because if they wouldn't, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't own 300 dealerships, um, uh, franchise dealerships 
in the US, okay? I think it's in the US. Group one's, I think, the only one that uh, goes outside of the US. So, oh, where's my time? Where's my time? Okay, I got a little bit long. Um, but, you know, the one of the things is, is you have to understand when you sit there and you talk about anything in the car business, don't be afraid to tell the truth, okay? Don't be afraid to sit there and say, hey, look, if you don't know something, you don't know something. And that's the one thing I see in the car business. I see managers, I see, I have, for instance, I have a salesperson, I have salespeople that come up to me every day, hey, what do you think, should I say this, should I say that? I said, well, is that the truth? Are you, are you just telling something to get them to nibble and bite? You know, and that's the simple fact. You know, I, I think in the car business, you know, for instance, I told a customer one time, um, I think, well, let me go on to this real quick. I think in the car business, we still believe we have to use manipulation to sell somebody. You don't have to use manipulation to sell somebody. You have to convince them that they're making a good decision. And I said this one day in training the other day uh, at my dealership, you know, when you are doing anything, whether it be you or your consumer, what's your, why are we, why do we not make decisions instantaneously all the time? Because we have a certain fear. There's a fear that comes over our body that we're gonna make a bad decision, okay? You as a salesperson is trying to convince that customer they're making a good decision. Whether they're trading out early, whether you know they're doing this or doing that, you always are trying to make, make sure that they're making a good decision. Now, I, it's always plays on your morals and your ethics and your values if you don't honestly believe that they're making the best decision. And that's one of the key things I always try to get people to understand. If you don't believe that they're making the best decision possible, then fine. You don't feel like that you should be selling that car to them. I completely understand that. And that's why one of those things is, is that whenever you take that stigma out of, out of the salesperson, the bad stigma that we get as salespeople, it's perfectly fine. Um, but man, I was going to say something about that. What was I going to say? Oh, bad decisions, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I can't remember. Um, but one of the key things I'll, I always, oh, I have a salespeople that always come up to the sales tower. Now, you need to know if your managers have good ethics and morals too. You know, if you're going up there and your manager's telling you to say this to be, you know, sleazy or quick or anything like that, you know, that's fine. It's fine, but I guarantee you, it's only going to get you that customer that one time. And the one thing is, is whenever you're sitting there and you take the stigma out of sales with your customers, your customers will be repeat customers over and over and over and over again. They just won't be a one-time customer. And understand that, guys. You don't want to be sleazy to get a one-time customer. You made, the one thing is, is I've seen it in the car business. I have a salesperson at my dealership. He's, he's the top salesman every month. But he has to find 15 new customers every month most of the time because he has no repeat and re repeat and re re recovering business. And when I was selling cars, and I only sold for two and a half years, um, at about my sixth month mark, about half of my customers, or a little bit less than half of my customers, were repeat and, re repeat and referral customers because they liked me, they believed in me. I didn't have to do a whole lot of selling. All I did was talk to them and convince them. So completely understand, and if y'all hear my dogs barking in the background, I'm sorry. Um, when you take that stigma out of the car salesman, what you're doing is you're creating a lifelong business for yourself. You're creating a return on investment. You're creating residual income with your customers. And I'm sorry if y'all can hear the dogs barking in the background because it's very loud. I can hear it out here. But I'm not re-recording this podcast. I will not re-record this podcast. Um, but anyways, 
Guys, I don't know how much longer I got. I got a little bit longer. I will try to take the full uh, 25 minutes, I think, this podcast uh, lets me take. But guys, you know, I've I, I talked about this this whole entire podcast, but really, guys, you have to look at it as when you go into certain industries that you go into, whether it be the dentist or whether it be um, you, uh, the, um, what am I thinking of? Whether it be the lawyer, whether it be the accountant or whatnot, Everybody has a certain stigma at it, or even the realtor. Now, one thing I will tell you, one thing I do know is, is whenever I meet a good one and they take that stigma out of it, that's the, that's the, that's the person I trust. And guys, that's what you need to do in the car business. Take the salesy, sleazy stigma out of selling cars and just be honest and truthful. Don't lie to people. You don't have to lie to people to sell them something. People want to buy. You just have to convince them they're making a smart decision and you will sell them every single time. Okay, guys? Well, I appreciate y'all for listening to me. Uh, I got a little bit longer. Um, If y'all want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me on Facebook, Tony Story, S-T-O-R-I-E. Instagram, at TNTDad2728. LinkedIn, Tony, in parentheses, Anthony, last name, Story. If you get great content out of this, make sure you share it with anybody, anybody that you know, whether it be... um, Uh, through DM, private message, you know, just tag me on Instagram, tag me on Facebook. I don't really care. I truly appreciate it. And if you got to put the hashtag car sales 101 in there, please do. Also, I hear about it in my dealership as people want to create and generate their own leads. I come in, I never sold cars before and I want all your internet leads. It's not going to happen, guys. Uh, You need to generate your own leads. And even if you want the internet leads, it's not the greatest thing in the whole entire world. Yes, I believe that you need some source of internet leads, but guys, you need to start generating your own, generating your own internet leads. So make sure you hit me up uh, if you want to create your own websites. Uh, it's called Phone Sites. Um, my affiliate link, I'll give it to you. Uh, I think it's something, something, something. And then it's 1425 or the last four digits. So make sure you're hitting me up that way. But guys, I love y'all. You know what's coming next. Peace. Peace.